what up, dog? I had to take a shit. Dude, I took a monster shit before I hopped on. <laughs> Dude, it was disgusting. Is that before literally every podcast? It seems like <laughs> Cody does shit before every time we record. <laughs> yeah, I shit a lot, man. I'm, I, I, I be shitting like three to five times a day. <laughs> that, that is a lot. That's a lot of shit. <laughs> I am a healthy boy. Is that how many times uh, you should shit if you're healthy? Three to five times a day? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's three to five times. I th- what? There's no I way. I think three times is average. I would say on average I shit three times a day. Definitely in the morning. Usually yeah. once in the afternoon sh- after I eat lunch. So it pushes all the excess excrement out. And then usually before I go Betty by, there's a dump waiting for me. <laughs> uh, see... I don't usually shit at night. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I shit one to two times in the morning, and then I shit again right around noon. And then my body has it like pre-programmed to shit, but when when like right around the time we transition from lunch to dinner shifts at the restaurant, so <laughs> that's my last shit of the day usually. Maybe around wow. six at the latest. Wow, you guys are making me feel unhealthy. I just, I'm once a day. It's usually in the morning after a cup of coffee. I'm good to go. Oh. Wild. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like you guys are shaming me for the number of times I poop in a day. We're shit shaming uh, you. Those are rookie numbers. Cody, it's the first time we're recording since you've been in L.A. Yeah, dude. It was a great time in L.A. L.A. was honestly incredible. I needed it. Dude, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys do? Like, how how was the trip? What didn't we do? (laughs) Dude, we did a lot of dancing. Um, That was a fun night. We did some mushrooms. (laughs) We did a lot of beach time. Yeah. Went to nice. two shows, one absolutely horrendous and one re- really dope. So there's a equilibrium in the world. Uh, what kind of show? Comedy or music? Comedy. Comedy. Cody Comics, did a, okay. an open mic on the beach and it was awful. Not because of him. It was just like the people there, the host. The vibes. The vibes. It was just horrendous. Yeah, yeah it, it seems like not- an open mic on a beach is already like it's just something about it. Just no, seems hard I to think do. like Cody, that second open mic we went to, if that was on the beach, that would have been totally cool. Yeah, but like the people who ran the first one just sucked. Yeah, and uh, it was just like uh, I don't know, really not funny, not a good time, dude. We uh, we went to <laughs> we tripped shrooms and went dancing. We originally were supposed to go to like an alt. What was it? Indie dance party. Oh, an party. indie dance party. Called Dance Yourself Clean, which is like lyrics to an LCD, LCD sound, sound system. system song. So we assumed it would be like that kind of music, and it was not at all. Yeah, it was the worst time. And we were the only people who were surprised by this. <laughs> yeah, everyone else everyone was like else was yacked out on <laughs> yeah. Molly. Molly or Cody. <laughs> you, you could just tell. Dude. Yeah, they're just like sweating with eyes like. Ugh. But like, like tw- <laughs> twenty minutes before we go to this show, I was like, "Yo, guys, let's let's do some shrooms," and everyone likes it was like Cody and his friend Connie, and we were just like, "All right, like we'll we'll just do like a little bit, you know, see how it is." And we only ate like maybe two, three shrooms each, but I ate a big old fat boy, and uh, <sighs> dude, I, I tripped balls that night. 
That trip so yeah, hard. Yeah, we were all tripping pretty mild. Like, Connie had, like, a good trip, but it was short-lived. Mine was the same, but it just didn't, the timing. I don't know if it was my digestive tract just not doing its diligence. It's all that or, shitting you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, mine kicked in way, like, after everybody else was, like, starting to mellow out and stuff. I didn't really I mellow like, out oh. until we, like, left the Monty. I, yeah, I was the Monty was incredible. Hard. Yeah, the Monty was fun as Yeah, fun. we left. We left the first bar and we we're like, this sucks. But we saw these people that were like dressed in nearly BDSM garb. Yeah. Uh, go into this bar. We we're like, we'll go where they're going. Yeah. And we went in there and it was like a. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It's apparently a famous queer club in LA. It felt like walking onto the set of Rocky Horror Picture Show. There was like. The dude DJing was like this <laughs> tiny ancient wizard. <laughs> and he was like doing like climbing the walls and all over the place and was like they were like mixing like classic rock and punk and rockabilly and stuff like that. It was wild. It was cool. Nice. Yeah. So how many Joe Pesci's would you give this trip to LA? Honestly, I, uh, I give it well, it started off really intense because I started tripping before they did. And I started tripping like, like I peaked hard as fuck. Yeah, dude, he was freaking <laughs> out. He, I wasn't I kept freaking out. Over no, he was, in his mind he was. Well, no, it was just too were, much like, it was crazy. too much stimuli. Like I was start, start tripping. There was too much music waste, like so many people and I could see like in their eyes they're all yacked out on Molly or Coke. And then <laughs> dude, I was like we were all standing on the side while this DJ is doing whatever and I start coughing. <laughs> And this girl out of nowhere comes up to me and she just goes, COVID. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like tripping hard and it like really fucked with me. (laughs) Yeah, you could tell like I wasn't tripping at that point and I could tell she was just being hilarious. You know what I mean? She was just being funny. But Jake (laughs) in his tripping mind, he he looked over at me and was like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. It it was a good trip. I danced like an animal. That night? Yeah. Dude, I danced harder the night before at the Uh, uh, whatever bar it was we went the first night. I danced so hard at the Monte. I couldn't help it. Like, literally, I had no control over my body. Yeah, there was one point in time. I I think it's I didn't dance as hard because the trip kicked in when we were really hard for me when we were at the Monty. (laughs) So like how you were like overwhelmed at the first spot. I kept like there would be times where I'd be like, this is overwhelming. Yeah, but but it was way better than the first spot regardless. Yeah, like the first spot just felt like a forced shitty time. Yeah, I don't want (laughs) to hang out with a bunch of fucking yacked out 24 year olds. Yeah, like honestly, everyone in there was like super gorgeous, but they were all just like (laughs) they seemed like rich kids. And we hate rich kids here. Yeah, dude. Because we're rich. not them. <laughs> yeah. I am not rich. That's, that's the funny thing about being rich is you hate them when you're not it, but then when you become it, you're like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah, when you I would, become <laughs> it. No, I mean, like, if you become rich, people, it's the one thing that people hate when they're not it, but it's the one thing that like most people want to be. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. You know what I mean? I We're like yeah. rich people, sure. but then it's also like, oh, please let me hit the lotto and <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone or it's wants. like, if I was rich, I wouldn't be an asshole. Yeah. 
But you've never been rich. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you've always yeah. been an asshole, Anthony. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn it, why can't I be both? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Jake, for some reason, I keep looking at your shirt and I'm thinking Beetlejuice. Nice. Somebody nice. said it looks like a referee shirt. Nice. I like Beetlejuice more. Yeah, Beetlejuice is cooler than, than a ref. I just watched Beetlejuice like three days ago. It holds up. Dude, it's such a... Holds up. Still holds such up. A good movie. Such a good movie. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Liked it as a kid. Yeah. It honestly scared me as a kid. There were parts that weirded me out when I was like yeah. really young. Because I saw it when I was like five or six. And I was like, oh. Yeah, same. And it scared the shit out of me. Like the scene when the... After the dancing scene, when they're doing dancing around the table, when... The, the shrimp hands, hands, hands always fucked with me. Yeah, and just oh, like all yeah. the little thing, there, there was like a lot of like that old school Tim Burton special effects shit that just was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like when they're like, let's they changed their faces. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, when I rewatched it the other day, there's a lot of like suicide jokes in that movie. Nice. Like a shit. T- there's like an absurd amount, and I was like, I wonder if this came out now. All these organizations would be like, oh, you know, you're making light of suicide, or whatever, mental health. Yeah, well. You're probably right. Most yeah. <laughs> just because people want to be upset about things. Hmm. They do. You know who doesn't want to be upset? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was dumb. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm honestly running on fumes today. I'm not doing well. Why? I slept on my brother's farm and just didn't get a good night's sleep. Does he not? And then drove Does he back. have a bed or what? No, I slept on his couch. Oh, nice. <laughs> For some reason, I pictured Cody sleeping on like a haystack. Yeah, like or near something. near chickens and shit. Dude, he does have so many. He has like twenty three. No, he has twelve chickens, but he also has like another. I don't know, uh, twelve or thirteen turkeys. Whoa, really? Hmm. Yeah, dude. There's a big one named Beef Tank. There's these two white ones that he named Christmas and Thanksgiving because that's when he's going to eat them. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Good tie into the Sweet Tooth episode. (laughs) You know what else has a farm? (laughs) (laughs) The world of Black Hammer. Dun, dun, Dude, dun. What a what a book. <laughs> it's a good book. A, I just read volume two actually the other day. Well, you better not do it and talk about it anymore. All I'm gonna do is we're... talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only on volume one. Well, that's uh, that's what we're talking about today. Volume one of uh, Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire. Lemire. Published by Dude, I loved it. Dark Horse Comics. Dark Horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's great and it's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's it. It's great and cool. And How many Joe Pesci? No. You know what? Before we go any further, though, let's let's smoke. You guys have something to smoke? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I need a smoke. It's also a, I've got a, it's I've got a strain today called Coma. Nice. Just called Coma. Nice. nice. That's sick, God, honestly. Where'd you get it from? The guy. Oh, the guy. Oh, you're an indica guy. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys still have dealers, like savages out of, there. It's kind of like a sativa that ends up as an indica. Like it, it's like at first I kind of have energy, but then I'm kind of like couch locked because it, it lives up to the name. So like at the beginning, you're like, wow, this is great. And by yeah. the end of the episode, you're going to be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, honestly, I'm not that kind of stoner. I'm not. I don't. It's not going to do that to me. For, and even if I wanted to, it's going to be hard for me to smoke and be like, peace. You know. Yeah. Dude, I'll just not, get the munchies. That's not sure. me. 
I can fall asleep anywhere. That's true. Cody falls asleep incredibly easily after having him here for a week. <laughs> Stupid easily. Yes. Yeah, dude, it's quick. It is. It's quick. I wish I, I wish I was able to sleep that way. Like I, I would trade that in an instant for the way I sleep. Like it, it takes me so long to fall asleep. Really, dude? I never have issues sleeping. Jake doesn't either, though. Don't let him play the victim <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> the victim. <laughs> you know who else w- was a victim? Everyone. <laughs> Black Hammer. Did. Well, we don't know. We don't know what's really going on. Oh, I know what's really going on. I, I read. I'm all caught up. Like with the most recent thing I know. Oh, Cody really? doesn't know, and we won't. I don't want to spoil anything either. So. Yeah, in the first volume, we have no fucking idea what's going on, but not in like a super confusing way. Yeah. Like they paint a pretty clear picture of what's happening. You just don't know how, why. You don't know the like extreme details of what's going on. Yeah, it's honestly like one of those things where the whole entire first volume feels like set up, but in like a very interesting and detailed and fun way. Right. Because like each issue in the first six issues is almost like dedicated to a character yeah Mm -hmm. so you get enough of a character's backstory and enough of the characters like interactions in the world they're living in to really get a feel for how they are so uh jake i feel like you're always great at this do you want to give like the little synopsis of black hammer yes well first off do we want to ring in the episode yeah let's ring it in like the new year Oh, yeah. We didn't even do an intro. <laughs> exactly. it's, that, it's that coma. It Damn, made me, uh, that, that, <laughs> that coma. Well, ladies and gentlemen and everything in between, welcome to Comics and Chronic. As always, I'm Jacob H. I'm here with Cody, Wallaka Cannon, and Anthony Iannaccio. And we are talking about Black Hammer. Uh, Black Hammer is an independent comic, as we said written by Jeff Lemire, published by Dark Horse Comics. And it pretty much is a universe where like DC adjacent heroes, you know, they're all clearly, uh, what's the word? Analogs. Analog- yeah, there you go. Our analogs for the heroes, you know, in both universes, Marvel and DC. And through some weird event, they are now trapped on what seems like a small town on a farm. But as you read, you find out there may be more to the mystery. And they've been there. They've been trapped for like 10 years, I think. Yeah. yeah, they've been trapped a while. Yeah, a while. And mm-hmm. some of them seem content with it, and some of them want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So yeah. that's the. So, what really like drew me into this comic right away is that the characters are analogs of characters we know. Yeah. Uh, which I like. Like, we, it, in, with Invincible, we talked about that too. Yeah. Like, when it's done right, it could be done really well. Like, Watchmen is definitely one of the first comics to do that, where the characters are analogs of characters we know. Facts. But with Black Hammer, like the way Black Hammer is set up, it's like they are from a golden age of superheroes. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's insane. It's cut. Co- yeah. Continue, Anthony. I'm sorry. No. So I was just going to say, so they're <laughs> a gold. <laughs> they're golden age superheroes, but they're in our world. But it's not necessarily gritty. It's just they don't fit in. Well, they're from. Yeah, they're from like a city called Spiral City, which is clearly a, Go- a Gotham or slash Metropolis analog. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. They fought the anti god. It was like clearly dark yeah. side, even look dark side. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and an interesting thing is the art, especially. So, uh, we forgot to mention the artist, oh, which who is, is the artist? Dean Ormston. Nice. That's his name. 
uh, Dean Ormston. And he actually draws very similar to like how Jeff Lemire would draw if Jeff Lemire was drawing the comic himself. That's what I thought too, right? honestly. I thought the art was very... I felt like Jeff was basically just like, you know what? I don't want to do the art, but I still want my vision. I just found <laughs> somebody who was like, I draw just like Jeff Lemire. Yeah, well, they worked together on a comic, which I highly recommend. It's how I like found out about Jeff Lemire's stuff, like his early stuff. It's called um, The Underwater Welder. Yeah, Whoa. I know it, about that. It's a real. I think we should do an episode on that one day. Like, it's, it's kind of a horror story, but, you know, the art is... It's written and drawn by Jeff Lemire, but the art you no, I'm sorry. It's written by Jeff Lemire. It's drawn by the guy we're talking about, Dean Ormston, and it just is like very realistic. But when mm. they go back in time to show you what's going on in Spiral City, the art is very golden age, bright. The colors are bright, whereas usually it's dull. It's dark purposely. It fits the theme. Yeah, um, I agree. And I like I feel like it's almost like a not psychedelic in the sense that like it's all crazy because it is does have that kind of like stiff Jeff Lemire esque like and I'm not saying stiff in it as an insult, but like, you know, the it's not like the people are always like kind of his people like art is kind of like stiff. In a sense. Yeah, mm. I get exactly but, what you mean. But it's just like it's like they did like a trippy take on Golden Age style art, you know? Yeah, the way yeah. he draws faces, his like use of lines, they're not like no one in his comics are good looking people, you know? They're all kind of yeah. ugly, especially dude. Like I, I even like I can't. I mean, like I can't stand it. Like, what's it? Uh, the uh, barbarian, barbarian, barbarian. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. his yeah. human form is like the ugliest human being. Ever. Mark Marks. Mark Marks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's basically just like a really tall, slender, bald dude, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you like look at any of their faces, none of them are like good looking people. Even Gail, who's a child or an adult trapped in a child body, like she's kind of an yeah. ugly little girl. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely the very distinct art style that makes it that way. But also, you know, the story's dark and a lot of Jeff Lemire stories like Sweet Tooth have dark aspects to him. And the way those characters express themselves is like, like you're saying the stiffness, but also like, it's almost like every reaction is like horror and dread and like, Oh shit. Why is life so shitty? And why is this happening to me at every moment? Like mm. that, it captures that perfectly all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Barbarian and I liked, uh, I like the like friendship slash like crush that uh what's the girl Gale? Gale. Yeah, Golden yeah, Gale. Golden Gale. Golden Gale has on Barbalian. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So Barbalian's the Martian Manhunter analog yeah. of the group. John Johns, yes. pretty much. Mark yeah, Marks. Exactly. Mark <laughs> Marks. Uh Golden Gale is uh the Shazam, Shazam analog. analog. Yeah. But so her thing is that when she was a kid. She was like an orphan, like Shazam, and she got the Shazam powers, but it's Zafram. Zafram that's what her yeah. Zafram, and she could become a kid when she says uh, Zafram. So as she gets older, she says, "You know, at first I didn't really want to keep turning back into a kid, but when I got really old, I was like, yeah, now you know I like being Golden Gale." But now she's stuck. She's basically like a seventy-year-old woman or sixty-year-old woman in a child's in a little body, kid's body. Yeah. and she can't change back, right? And she's l stuck living as the life of a little kid. Like she has to go to school and like she gets drunk in the morning yeah. before she gets on the school bus. You know, she smokes cigarettes. She curses all the time. Yeah. She does not give a shit. She's like, I'm done 
you know, putting up with this role. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, it's well, kind of funny, but it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So the reason that she has to do this is because so after when they were fighting the anti-god and the golden age that like their past is from the comic starts out and they're on this farm mm-hmm. and they're just trying to pretend to be normal people. They're not being superheroes. Right. And you find out it's because when they fought the anti-god back when they were all superheroes, when there was like a big flash and when they came to, they were on the farm. Yep. And they cannot leave. Yeah. And where, where we're going with this episode, it doesn't explain why they cannot leave. You know, they're in either like a pocket dimension or maybe another, like you just don't know. It's right. kind of like, there's been lots of possibilities, but nobody has any answers. And you know, there's also wherever they are, there's a barrier that they cannot cross because right. Talkie walkie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Talkie the robot. He's cool. He like keeps building probes. It's a she, send, right? Oh, it's a she. Yeah. Yeah. We find that later on. They don't say it right away, but it's like the other character, um, Colonel Weird. Colonel Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Weird's crazy. No, he's, if anything, I'd say maybe like Dr. Adam or, I mean, not Dr. Adam. Adam, <laughs> Adam Strange. Strike it and reverse it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, he's literally an Adam Strange analog, but with Doctor Strange kind of like that weird, like the Parazone it's called. The Parazone. That's trippy as hell, the Parazone. Yeah, Yeah, the Parazone's nuts. And just the whole Colonel Weird one, you just, really, you don't, in volume one, you don't, he's the character you probably learn the least about. Yeah. True, because in volume, because I just read volume two and you actually learn a lot. Yeah. About it. The thing about Black Hammer is like there's volume two, which continues the main Black Hammer story. But then they start to do offshoots of like certain characters. <sighs> like there's a Dr. Frankenstein series. There's a <laughs> uh, sh- yeah, no, Sherlock Frankenstein. That's what it's called. It's like you get a quick glimpse of him in one of the flashbacks. Yeah. He's like the a villain for Abraham Slam. Abraham Slam. Who is Abraham Slam? He's like he's clearly he like a strong. He's is he just like a strong guy? Yeah, he's basically cap he's cap, without, he's the cap super without serum. Yeah, exactly, he's just a boxer, and like he and because like. of his boxing background, it's almost a little bit daredevilish. Yes, exactly. You know? exactly. That's what exactly. I got. Yeah, I would say like he's a daredevil cap analog. Yeah, I love how the guy that trained him's name was Punch Sockingham. <laughs> yeah, the names yeah, are pretty names. funny in this comic, actually. Yeah, I like it yeah. a lot. <laughs> Dude, I, I do love that this comic it like the as humor like all throughout and just in that kind of aspect as it's like a superhero story but it's not at all a superhero story right like it feels more of like a sci-fi horror than a superhero in a weird way almost like a murder mystery yeah oh yeah it definitely has like mystery aspects and noir just like yes yes and then especially when you throw in um, Madam Dragonfly. Yeah, what, what's her deal? She's definitely, there's a character in DC, Madam Xanadu. Xanadu. Yeah, and she's, <laughs> she's very similar, but she's not as evil, I guess. But something about Madam Dragonfly, you're like, ooh, you know yeah, she's like, up to no good. I don't no fully good. trust this chick. Yeah, and at the in the very last issue, they kind of hint, the very last issue of this volume, they hint that she it may be her fault that this happened. This may be her doing that they're trapped on this farm. Well, mm, yes, yeah, that's 
That's crazy. Because I didn't <laughs> I didn't even realize that when I read it. I just finished it a couple days ago and for some reason, like just kind of overlooked that. I have no idea why. <laughs> it's like, very just, quick. It's like almost like one word where she just like forget. Hmm. Like she's trying to hide something. Because hmm. she has like magic powers. Like her backstory is actually pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her backstory actually. Yeah. Uh, should we tell it? Yeah, that's what I was waiting on. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you want to tell it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell it. Then Cody, you tell Cody it. Cody, tell <laughs> it. Yeah, Cody. Yeah, you tell basically, it. it's like a Rumpelstiltskin esque story <laughs> yeah. where this chick's like, I need to save my baby. And the, she goes to a witch. And the witch is like, this is yeah, like hundreds of years say, ago too, though. It doesn't take place yeah, like, in present time. No, this is old timey settler esque. Yeah, like colonial shit. Colonial America. Yeah, she goes to this witch and says, lets her know, like basically asks for her to save a baby. And the witch is like, I'm tired. I need you. Pulls a Kang the Conqueror from Loki and is like, I'll save your baby if you take over my job of mm. watching the cabin. Mm. And uh, the chick is obviously like, yeah, of course. And yeah, then she becomes a witch. Yeah, she, she grows dragonfly wings. Yeah. And yeah. She turns green. Becomes, like, tethered. Becomes tethered to the cabin. To the cabin. Yep. And then accidentally basically creates a swamp thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. That she falls in love with. Instantly. Instantly. And we get like a page where she's like, you know, some things are too tragic to talk about. It's implied that like she had a child. She was going to have a child with him. And again, she loses it. She like anytime she tries to have a kid, it just doesn't happen. And like she's just so she's oh man, she's a great character because late like I've read past the first volume. It gets crazier. So I guess I can't say anything more about Madame Dragonfly now, but really like that character. Mm. There's also Black Hammer, who it, you don't really know anything really about know Black anything Hammer. About Black Hammer is the main hero of the entire thing. But you learn yeah, about him in the and, second volume. Yeah. Right now, all we know about him is that he was like the superhero. He had like a giant ass hammer. He wasn't Thor, but it kind of is like Thor S. He, he, was, he was closer to Thor than he was to Superman. like anyone else. Hybrid. Ooh, yeah. Because I thought it was a Thor oh, Superman yeah. hybrid. Yeah, he definitely is the Superman of this universe. Yeah. But when in the event where they fight the anti god, we don't know he he's presumed dead. All that's left is his hammer, yeah, and his daughter, and his daughter, yeah. That's like the other part of the story. She's trying to find a way to to find out what happened to these heroes, where they went, and try to get. To She's them. a journalist. Yes, her name is Lucy Weber. Little Webby. <laughs> but again, in the first volume, we don't really learn too much about Little Webby. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> dude, Little Webby. Uh, dude, yeah, you don't know a lot about her. You get to, yeah, it's just, I mean, Jake, you go. Well, I was going to say, I was watching these two ducks while Cody was here, and I took Cody to like, <laughs> I, I took Cody to feed them and whatnot, and he named one of them Little Webby. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name for a duck. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. They were hilarious. <laughs> Just a little she also wears yellow, so it kind of makes sense, too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, but she, because uh, she gets her memory away, uh, wiped by... Madam Dragonfly. Madam Dragonfly right. yeah. She says, I know what you did. And she's like, no, you don't. Forget it. Like, you don't know it anymore. Yeah. 
which is makes what makes the next volume cool. Like she came to save them, but she totally forgot why. She totally forgot what's going on. So they're trapped even more. Mm, yeah. It's cool. I really like where the series goes. The offshoots are good too, because what's really cool about Black Hammer is that they expand the world in a way you don't expect in certain ways. And like you get some more golden age stuff. You get more of like a backstory of these characters. How long until we think Black Hammer gets made into a live action oh TV they're working show. on oh, it really? i think it's gonna be a netflix series really? yeah. that makes sense i could see it on netflix yeah. and because sweet tooth is on netflix he obviously already has a relationship with them so exactly oh that's cool i'll say who are you gonna cast who who would you guys cast as live action black hammer we got how many characters we got abraham slam golden gale barbalian talkie walkie we need a voice Colonel weird colonel weird madam dragonfly black hammer joe well, weber so we don't know and then what Black Hammer? Do we know what Black Hammer looks like in this version? I'm not sure. I don't think you we, might get a glimpse. I don't think you, you s- might get a silhouette. You get a silhouette, but you don't ever see him. So let's not. All right. So Lucy Weber. Yeah. So Lucy Weber. So let's also do. Dude, let's also do the sheriff and his ex-wife at the diner. Yeah. Okay. Those were a big because they're big. I love yeah. That. They're they're and they're yeah, still they're in it. Like I'm, I just finished yeah. volume two. They're still in it. So Colonel Weird, right away. I'm gonna say Who? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Now Colonel Weird's old man. He's an old fuck. Yeah, but. That's I could see him in like, you know, old, you know, because you need a young version of him, too. I'll up you and say Willem Dafoe. Ooh, Ooh. I like that a lot, actually. Willem Dafoe. That would be fucking perfect. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is super old now, too. Okay. Yeah, because he's just floating around. He's all crazy saying weird shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You basically just clip out Willem Dafoe's monologue from the Descent into Madness from the Lighthouse and just paste it into like a psychedelic background and it would literally be Colonel See Cody (laughs) Cody Feige over here. (laughs) Once again. (laughs) The master storyteller. I like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, that's a great, that's way better than what I said. What about Abraham Slam? Once again, he's an older, older man. So yeah. I, w- I would go with an but you older. you need a big older man. True. And honestly, you need a- if he was still in his prime. Actually, no, he might work now. God, am I going to get his name right? Is it Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. That's that would good. honestly be a good call. If we could resurrect him from the dead. Uh, what's he's his not name? Dead. Played. No, no he's I'm talking dead. about. Yeah. What's his Dude, name that played? Google him uh, right now. Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, Burt oh, Reynolds. Reynolds. I agree with that. Yeah. See, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, dude, Google him now. The first picture is him with a giant mustache. He's and he's a tall motherfucker. Yeah, I would go. T- I would also pick Josh Brolin. See, once again, Ooh, for Abraham that's good. But I'm thinking older. I'm just thinking older. He's pretty old. He's getting there. Well, but he could be like he could still be. He could be young. Local, he could be you know? young of them. Young uh, Abraham. Yeah, I feel like you have Josh to be Brolin like able. Would be a good young yeah. Abraham Slam, like Golden Age. Golden Abraham Age Abraham. Golden Gale's a tough one. Golden Gale is a tough I'm, one. I'm going to say need this. A young girl. You need a young girl, but you also need an older woman. Right. Wait, did they show her an older woman form in this comic? Yeah, okay. you see yeah. her. Well, okay. like, you see her in flashbacks. This is who I have up, for you know? older woman Gale. Uh, Francis McNormand. Mm, interesting. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Definitely. Definitely. Imagine you can make her look like a little kid. That would be perfect. That'd be cool. With some weird technology. Is it McNorman or just Francis Norman? Either way. Francis McNorman. Oh, yeah, there we go. But also, if it's going to be on Netflix, I doubt we're going to get such a star-studded cast. Well, that's why I'm thinking, like, dude, Tom Selleck over, like, Josh Brolin, fucking Matthew McConaughey over Willem Dafoe. I don't know. 
I mean, Willem Dafoe's a big name, but still, he did Aquaman, so you can get him to do this. Yeah, Willem Dafoe True. has a price. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. All these actors have a quote. You could pay them to do anything. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Lemire wants Ron Perlman to be Abraham. I like Slam. that. That's cool. That's honestly perfect. Yeah. Dude, I love Ron Ooh, Perlman. Ooh, okay. You yeah. know who I would offer up as another alternative for Colonel Weird is Ooh. the old guy. It's in that like new horror movie where he's a blind man and he kills the kids who enter his house. Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Lang. There we go. Dude from Avatar. From Avatar, yeah. Mm. I would do him. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I would, I would have him as the sheriff, even, but he's too like no, the not. sheriff's fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. I know who I would do the sheriff. I don't know his name, but he's in a lot of movies. But if you guys watch True Detective season one, he's the big guy, the big bad. Yeah, bad actor. He's in everything. He's a, he's yeah, in Joker. He's, like he's the that. one who Joker stabs in the eye when he gives. Oh, the, okay. No, exactly. I would get that actor yeah, to that play the sheriff. Perfect. Yeah, dude. Okay, for. For the human form of Barbalian, uh-huh. Johnny Sins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. He looks exactly like Johnny Sins, <laughs> who, by the way, is a famed American porn actor. I mean, like, <laughs> he, he literally is the Daniel Day Lewis of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like that one too. Yeah. I was, and I knew I was Anthony gonna say, wasn't going to know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I found I was. You guys watched Barry? Yeah, Did you guys yeah, ever yeah, watch Barry. Barry. So, uh, no ho, Hank. Anthony Kerrigan's the actor. Oh, I think okay. he would be perfect Barbellion. That'd be funny. He's short though. Barbellion's pretty tall. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> the height doesn't matter to me. Uh. I don't know. As a character, like as a character, why, like, why no. Like, certain characters, you don't want like a short Batman or a short Superman. Like no one's gonna fuck. With, yeah, no I one's gonna not. be down with like a five foot seven Superman. You know what I mean? I guess, but like if Tom Cruise plays somebody, you you ne- you're never really sure how Star tall he power, is. You know what bro. I mean? Star power makes him <laughs> taller. To, and also, I uh, to, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. Super short. Okay, what about yeah. the dude that's like what he's? I can't remember his name, but he's in Modern Family. Oh, you're talking. I know what you're talking about. As who? Yeah. Ed As Barbalian. <laughs> oh, that. Not Ed O'Neill. Are you talking about <laughs> the husband? The dark hair? Yeah, dark hair. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I just don't like that guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So. I don't even know why I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Statham. Ooh. Dude, that'd be sick. He'd work, but he's also he's uh, he's probably shorter. They say he probably is short. Probably. <laughs> okay, so oh, we also need Madam Dragonfly. Madam Dragonfly, you can get anyone be, to play. Yeah, Madam Dragonfly's Anya Taylor Joy. Ooh, that would be good. Be good. We have so far. We don't have any actors of color, though. I feel racist. I feel like Hollywood. You There's guys, not many characters. Think of outside color the box. The like, for well, instance, Lucy Weber. For instance, what's Lucy her Weber. name? Yeah, that's one person. But like, for instance, what's her name? <laughs> Madam Dragonfly. I don't think she necessarily has to be. Well, oh yeah, they show her in a. But that's what I'm saying. Sub- yeah, yeah, she's a white- Subvert the trope, you guys. You fucking Hollywood shills. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be everyone just because all the characters are white, basically, except for Black Hammer. That it doesn't, you, you know, we're just picking actors based on the. Uh, based on the colors, yeah. 
what we're seeing in the comic. You but, guys, you know, forgive, they always- forgive Cody's and Anthony's racism, okay? <laughs> we all have flaws. <laughs> That's not what it is at all. It's okay. My fellow commies, do not worry. They're on the path. <laughs> so who is going to be Abraham Slam's lady? Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Tammy? No idea. I was, I'm trying to think of Lucy Weber. Oh, what's her name? Um, God damn it. Washington. You know. Carrie Washington. There we go. Carrie Washington. I could see that, but I feel like maybe that she's too old. She's not like, she's like definitely. She's like what? In, in her twenties or thirties? Yeah. Thirties, twenties or thirties. Okay. Only, well, for a few reasons, especially because of the last panel in the second volume. Well, Issa Rae. <laughs> I was actually thinking Issa Rae too, believe it or not. Dude, Issa Rae would be sick. I'd like to see Issa Rae in a non-comedy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, because exactly. she does so I think well. There is in, like an example, or it's not like a full-on comedy at least. But there's, I think there's something. I don't know. She did a movie during the pandemic. Yeah, but I didn't she would definitely it. add comedy to it. But the character doesn't need to be. But even in what's a uh, fucking insecure, in show, there's plenty HBO of drama. Show. Yeah, she's exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a drama. I'm gonna go with Issa yeah. Rae. Yeah, Issa Rae as Lucy Weber. Yeah. That's that would be cool if she gets to be. That'd be sweet. Black Hammer, that would be sick. Dude, Issa Rae is doing her own shit. I, uh, she has like a really like thriving production company. Yeah, she produces a bunch of her shows. And, right? uh, t- so I used to do this laundry job, like deliver laundry, remember? And uh, so one of the writers for this show is this woman. I guess I won't put her name on blast, but her name is in the credits. And so anyways, when I was delivering her laundry to her, I saw the name on the, on the name tag of the bag. And I was like, and I was uh-huh. like, she answered the door and I was like, Hey, do you, do you write for insecure? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh wow. It's like, that's awesome. It's a really cool show. I was like, keep it up. She was like, thank you. So anyways, <laughs> they're starting a new show on HBO. I think it's just called rappers or something rappers. But yeah. Nice. So he's, he's nice. always popping. I just watched on HBO max, this Woodstock 99 documentary. Oh, was that the one with DMX? Woodstock 99 was fucked up. Yeah. Why yeah. Did, people get, DMX, did, people, did people get raped? Yeah. Oh man. Terrible it's, stuff. Isn't that fun? Okay. A, I haven't, I know what you're talking about as far as the documentary, but wait, whoa. <laughs> I like that. The first question I asked, you were like, yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, seriously. Really? Like that's a big point in the documentary that there's a lot of just terrible things going on in that whoa, like, whole like concert, what? everything surrounding it. Like people got raped, attacked, sexually assaulted in the middle of a crowd of people. No one did anything. Beyond that, there were people that just died from like heat stroke. It was incredibly hot. They were charging $4 for a bottle of water. And so like people were just getting pissed. And it was also a bunch of like angry white boys. And so they were making things way worse. And like that whole atmosphere, like when Limp Bizkit. So they tried to blame everything that happened on Limp Bizkit because he played the song. (laughs) He played the song Break Stuff and they started breaking stuff. And they're like, see what he did. And they're like, that is not... That's not why these this is happening. Like this is like a very specific crowd of like angry white boys that are just think they could do whatever they want. And they were like it was anarchy and no one was stopping them and no one was really running the concert. It's it's so fucked up. It's just everything about it's terrible. Damn. I remember seeing conversations about it. I think on like VH1 and MTV back in the day. Um, yeah, and it sounded like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, like, because of, like, how bad it was the same year they did, I don't know because of, but this Coachella, the very first Coachella started the same year, almost like in in response to that. And it was like, you know, way more welcoming and like way chiller and just, you know, like it kind of evolved out of like some really shitty 
like apparently Woodstock 94 was not the same. Like it was like actually a good time. But yeah. even the original Woodstock was a shit show. Maybe not that bad, but it was still a shit show. Oh, for yeah. sure. A shit show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Probably more show. also probably more consensual sex. Also, I feel like just because it's the summer of love, the first Woodstock. Yeah, but again, they they always want you to look at it, you know, look at it through like rose colored glasses, like the summer of love. Like, who knows what the fuck was going on there? You know what I mean? They did have hippie like sex cults, you know, Charles Manson. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, exactly. Charles Manson. (laughs) So, never mind. I I, I, I retract my statement. That's just like boomer, like, lore. oh, yeah, look, it, it's all we got taught in school, and I clearly bought it. And I was like, yeah, the summer of love, nothing bad happened, even though you have, yeah, you know, all the serial killers in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, right? Dude, uh, yeah, I wonder, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I've been to a bunch of music festivals, and I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah, uh, I've never seen people get full on. I wouldn't if I was in a crowd. I would not be cool with that. But then, dude, like, I've been to like absolutely not. When you see that video of of DMX and you see that wave of eighty thousand people, it's like to think that like somewhere in there, like fucked up shit. You know what I mean? And uh, people are standing around either watching it or ignoring it. You know what it is? It's just like, dude, it's pure like adrenaline with mom mentality. I mean, it's a herd thing. It's like a herd mentality thing. It's just like you have all these fucking people. They're all drugged up and fucked up and amped up. Yeah, know. exactly. The way the documentary presents it is is kind of like, uh, you know how like Firefest was just like really fucked up. Well, that's because yeah, that's for a different like reason. poorly planned yeah. and just bad. That was a big part of why this was also bad. Like there wasn't enough. We need uh, order, water. you guys. It sounds people, like what yeah, you're exactly. Telling people me. couldn't shower. <laughs> people couldn't. Um, the bathrooms were overflowing. Like the porta potties. Like people Ugh. thought they were like rolling around in mud, but it was shit. Oh. They were flinging it at each oh. other, rubbing it on what? like their faces. What? I would never yeah. do that. It was pure chaos and anarchy. This is what I'm saying. They're breaking shit down. By the end of it, there's like red hot chili peppers are playing and there's like fires, just raging <laughs> fires throughout the like giant ass. Now I want to watch this They're documentary. They're on like an Air Force field. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. It's so dark, but it's it's compelling. You know what yeah. else is dark but compelling? The Black Hammer book, volume one. Nicely done. I had to redeem myself after We we got stuck in the parazone. That was a cool thing. Um. So, what do you guys? Okay, well, you guys, I can't ask. I know, because Anthony just know. ruined it for everyone. Ah! Uh, Anthony knows more Sorry, than me. I only know what's up to the second volume. Okay, well, what do you give? How many Ooh, Pesci's yeah, how many are we Pesci's giving give this bad boy? Chepeshi's ratings, look. Chepeshi does his own fucking thing. You, t- you tell yeah. him to get there at 3 o'clock, he comes whenever the fuck he wants. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Joe Pesci, I'd give it. Honestly, six. Yeah, I'm gonna give it six. I'm gonna give it yep. six. Six for me as well. Six. Unanimous. Mark the the number of the beast, dude. Um, the year is one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> that was so yeah. random. <laughs> we just all. <laughs> uh, six, six, six. Yeah, triple sixes. That's how we do. Dude, it's an incredible comic. And the art is like one of my favorite things about it. It's like yeah. one of those things. And it's also like a dense comic. It's, yeah. And I, and I yeah, I, I very much enjoy it. What do you mean by it. dense? Like, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of panels, yeah. and it's like very detailed. Oh. And. There's just like a lot of many moving parts mm. and like it's, but it's like, ah, it's still Jeff Lemire is le creme de la creme in comic <laughs> yeah. book storytelling right yeah. now. True. I feel like. Yeah, no, yeah. he's one of my favorite comic book creators of all time. Anything he puts out, I immediately want to check out. Like he's, it's always, honestly, look, no one's perfect, but he's got a great track record of comic yeah, books. Yeah, I would say more hits than misses. A hundred percent. And also, he has a very distinct style and flavor of comics where he makes it seem so real, even if it's just a superhero comic. But he really doesn't do a lot of superhero comics. He usually does his own indie stuff, which is why I really like him. Facts, dog. Yeah. Jeff Lemire. <laughs> Jeff Lemire. <laughs> six, six, six. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to read his comic, uh, Sentient, that I just read by TKO. Publications. Ooh, nice. What's that you one about? You just got it, didn't you? Yeah, I just finished well, it. Well, I was with you. Yeah, I was reading it when you were with me, but I finished it like a few days ago. Uh, it was awesome. It was about basically like we're already in the process of colonizing like Mars and shit. Like there's colonies mm. spread throughout the galaxy. Uh, Mars, Earth is like kind of on its last legs, just like, you know, it's, it's a dying planet. So there's a ship of a spaceship going from Earth to a colony, but it's going to take like a year or two to get there. So everyone's going to kind of like shut down and go into cryo sleep, whatever. But okay. but what's happening is there's separatists, like people on earth who are like, like fuck this. Like we can't have the same people who ran this planet into the ground, be in charge of colonizing the galaxy. And they're like blowing up spaceships before they can even leave earth. They're, they're secretly going to colonies and starting shit there, like killing, you know, higher ups, whatever. So nice. on the spaceship, it's, you know, everyone that runs it and their kids and the children are watched by like a nanny woman as well as like the AI for the ship, which is named, uh, fuck, what was the name? Val, Valerie. Val. Yeah, so she's like Val. And so one of the space people is a separatist, ends up killing the entire adult crew and she ends up getting killed by the AI. And then the kids are on their own with the AI that runs the ship to try and get to the colony. It's called Sentient because... You know, they need to help the AI kind of become an adult. But the kids also like, you know, they grow up fast. It's sweet. It was a dope. I liked it a lot. Nice. I want to check that out. And it's from TKO, you said? Yeah, TKO. They've been putting out some dank shit. Yeah. Who are they? They're that independent one I was telling you about. They're like a new, they've been around for maybe like two or three years. They're like a new. Sarah, you were talking about. Yeah, Sarah's really, I would say Sarah was my favorite so far. Then this homeless one. They just tell like weird stories. It's cool. Like. Yeah, I wonder why there are so many cool comic book indie labels coming out all of a sudden. Because there's this one, there's Vault, yeah, uh, that we that we were talking about with Tim C. Yeah, Um, it's feel like it's a good time to be an indie comic. There's Omni Press. There's like a bunch of yeah. yeah, There's a lot of independent publishing companies now. Maybe I'm wrong, and and I don't know if this is like out of line to think, but like you know, when we were talking to Tim Seeley, he was talking about how like they just make good comic books. Like people, he I think it was implied. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but like a lot of Pete, a lot there's a lot of newer creators that just kind of try to make stuff. So 
with the intent to make it into a movie or TV show. Yeah. Cause that's where the real money is. Right. Obviously like, yeah. but a lot of comic creators don't appreciate that for, for good reason. You know, it's just like, Oh, I'm going to do this to pivot to that. You know, it's kind of disrespectful in a way. Well, yeah, he also, he yeah. was, Tim Seeley was saying how like, if they can't view it as something that could be made into a movie, they're not necessarily always interested. Right. So, so all I wanted to, all the point I wanted to make from that is from based on Cody's question, I think maybe a lot of, a lot more comic publishers are popping up maybe because they see the potential in that. Mm. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of potential in selling comic books, unfortunately. Oh, no. Even though we buy them. We buy them, but like it's a fledgling industry. Yeah. Like that's not where they make their money. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, so many things are being quickly adapted. I'm so glad something like Black Hammer is going to be adapted because I think these like Sweet Tooth was slept on. I hope this isn't slept on because it's quality. That's why you listen to us so we can give you pointers <laughs> in the right direction of some quality ass exactly. comics exactly. and movies. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, do you guys think uh, like this comic book, Black Hammer in particular, do you think it's so valuable? I feel like as a society, we're starting to hit a point where superhero stuff, there's an, well, there's clearly an oversaturation, mm-hmm. but not only upon that but i feel like as a society people are kind of like getting burnt out on liking superhero stuff like maybe i'm wrong but like uh i feel like it's just like like 10 years ago or whatever like getting back into comic books was super cool yeah Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like now it's kind of hitting that point where like comic book movies and things like that are like while it's a huge industry like there's, it, everything comes and goes in waves. You know what I mean? Kind of like how like vampire movies will be really popular for a decade and then zombie movies will be really popular for a decade. Yeah, I totally get what and, you're saying. So you think it's on the end of the wave? It's not yeah, the wave anymore, for, Cody? For superhero stuff. And I think that's why stuff like Black Hammer is so cool because it's superhero, but like through a completely different lens and mm. not even trying to tell like a superhero tale, you know what I mean? I yeah, totally uh, get what you're saying. I don't know if they're on the end, but also because it's like I think adults might be getting tired of it, but like half of Marvel's product is literally for like the upcoming like my nephew who's ten years old. So uh, these, these kids, these kids point. are going to grow up with it. So like that's that's how Disney persists. It's because people keep having children. You right. know what I mean? And, like, and, and something we always have to remember, I, we just don't read them. We're really not into it. But the, the highest selling comic books are not from really Marvel or DC. It's like from Scholastic. Like kids yeah, like Scholastic comics, but puts not out necessarily. Fire, dude. They do. Kids love that shit. There's a lot of great ones. And it's not, they love it for good reason. Like it's still quality stuff, but it's not superhero. It's not, it's just not what we would have grabbed as a kid or even had as an offer as a kid. Yeah. But, those kind of things are what's really, you know, kind of driving like and even um, uh, manga. People love that. It's it's still comic books, but it's not. I think younger people like that a little bit more than our, our generation loved it, I think. But I'm, I'm like, I feel like it's more uh, what I, like you. Gen, you know? Gen Z loves manga. Yeah, sure. my Which is son, awesome. my son is and all of his friends are super in like all they talk about is anime shows. Nice. And like, cool. I think anime is dope. I'm into it. I think we should cover a manga book at some point or another. Yeah, multiple ones. There's so many good ones out there. Honestly, we. I have a hard time reading mangas. In all honesty, why is that? 
honestly, I did for some reason I'm just not really ever grabbed by like the subject matter, you mean? Mm, maybe, but also just like the art. I don't know. See, for me, it's less the art and more the reading the book in the wrong direction. Oh, gotcha. That yeah, you have to read them a specific so way. Off putting. You could you could pick it up and it it doesn't take too long. Honestly, I, I totally understand the reaction, but like it it tells you in every book like this is how you read it because it's in English, so they assume in a, you know like an American's reading. Yeah, you well, know what I here mean? in America, I don't need directions on how to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you do. Or apparently Cody does for my instructions on how to read anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if I'm putting together a shelf, I need an instruction book. I uh when you're taught how to read Hebrew, you read Hebrew right to left. So Hebrew, the original manga. The original manga. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine someone making a manga of like Moses and shit? That'd be kind of sick. That'd be sick. That'd be I would, awesome. Yeah, I would watch yeah, I would dude. watch an I animated watch manga a, Moses movie. Especially if they made it like kind of horrific. Oh yeah. I want like, like blood the and, being like, like yeah. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> the boils are like that. popping. Like, <sighs> I do have like my a friend of mine. Who became who later became a priest gave me the graphic oh, novel shit. version of the, the Bible? book of Revelation. Oh, that might be cool. Revelations. I, I really wanted to read it. I tried multiple times, but it's way more like propaganda Oof. than like cool comic. You know, just Ew. like this is what will happen to the sinners. I'm like, fuck. I oh man, I'm a sinner. See, I guess. With I'm a sinner. The, <laughs> with any sort of religious media, I like it when they're like. They just kind of try to make a story and don't try to push the religion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Like, don't get, like, for instance, The Passion of the Christ or like. the manga of that? I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying, like, like, uh, there's been music that's evolved Jesus and stuff like that. But if they're not trying to be like, yo, pick Christ. Yeah. Then it's not bad. But oh, remember the cartoon, as- The Prince of Egypt? Like that yeah. was cool. It was well, something yeah, like that. that. Cool, yeah. Joseph and the Technicolor it. Dreamcoat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that? What? It's, it's Joseph? Is that a, like a musical? Yeah, it's a Broadway musical. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah, it was just it was very musical. popular. It was like during the time like of like the rent 80s, and 90s. you know, yeah, yeah, all that gotcha. shit. Yeah. All that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's about time we get off this farm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, this has been a Black Hammer episode of Comics and Chronic. Thank you for listening. I am Jake FH. The homies are here. If you like this episode, press like, subscribe. And hey, if you want to tell your friends about us, be cool. All the kids are doing it. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace. Peace.